What's up, everyone? It's 7 Octobers here uh, with my co-host, Melly. What up, everyone? And this is another episode of The Heartful Truth. This is season four, episode five. And today we have another uh, dope guest. I met him at the Latino Film Festival this year. Um, I was volunteering and I helped the media red carpet, which he and um, his co-host, uh, host that red carpet and so his name is Jordan Jacobo um, he is a writer actor again a host as well for the Latino Film Festival he does amongst other things he also has his show called Jordan Hates and Jordan Loves Everything uh, but we'll get into that in a second and without further ado let me get him here on the screen hey how you doing hey thanks for having me yeah, no problem. Um, and I'll, I'll pass it on real quick to Melly so she can start off and so we can get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, so to start off the conversation, can you tell us a little bit of how your childhood was like? Yeah, my childhood was... Um, first off, you know what? I, I realized I should have coughed before we started, so... <laughs> get that out of the way now. I'm sorry. <laughs> my childhood was uh, interesting. I was lonely. It was lonely. Uh, so I was, it was just me for like the first six years of my life and my parents would not let me play with most of the kids in the neighborhood. Cause they were like, they're delinquents. And I was like, I, what, what are you? So it was just me in my backyard with all my toys. I, they were good about like, I, I think they made up for it by like buying me whatever toy I wanted. Yeah. So it was, I had like massive collections of like cool stuff, but for the most part, it was just me trying to entertain myself. So it was odd um i was a hyper kid though so like mm -hmm. my parents in a way it worked for me because my parents couldn't stand me and so <laughs> they they allowed me i don't know how because they wouldn't even let me use the microwave but they were like i was like can i use the the movie camera and they were like yeah just just just, leave just leave <laughs> so i was like all right man so it was that it was me in my backyard see i didn't even i, I didn't even have like friends in the neighborhood to put in my movies uh, so just me like moving my action figures around or like yeah. yeah it was a weird childhood it was odd and also just to give you some background my parents decided instead of raising me mm -hmm. uh themselves they decided to just get me a tv and have it do it so i grew up i mean i, I watched like five or six sitcom episodes a day oh my god and uh I mean, for me, it was great. Yeah. But like, it's not till I got older that I was like, "Wow, you, you guys really dropped the ball." Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> um, but anyway, that's so. That's kind of my background. They finally had another kid, but okay. like, he was so much younger than me, I couldn't really yeah, relate. Yeah, we're to like him. six that's, years that's, apart. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But see, you two. But seem now to get along we got. Okay. Yeah, we get along now. Before, now. when we were younger, it was kind of like the distance between us, kind of. Really. Of six years. Yeah. Okay, uh, just for the viewers at home, um, we're broadcasting from the prettiest but loudest um, balcony in the county, which is okay. I, you know, it, it works. It's, I've been getting over obstacles Texas all my life. There's a chainsaw so. over here. There's a chainsaw. And also, just so the people know, there was a helicopter flying almost exclusively over your house. Um, it's bound to come back, but it's... It followed us from City Heights, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but and so you said obviously seven years apart. So do you guys have a better relationship now or how's your relationship with your sibling? 
we get along now. Yeah, because we okay. have more to talk about and stuff. But mm. but I can't relate to him completely because like he's mm. married and he has a career mm. and he's responsible. And I'm like, what are you talking know. about? You have a career too? <laughs> I mean, do I though? <laughs> Occasionally, when there's work, I have a career. When there's not work, I'm just another chilling. guy. I'm just yeah, ch- well, chill. Let's let's call it that. Uh, which is a much better term than loitering. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know we're. We're similar in a lot of respects because we were both raised on like The Simpsons, so we have this this common parlance, you know, in the same sense of humor. But um, yeah, he's a little more straight laced than I am, and uh, but yeah, we get along now. But for the most part, I was a solitary dude. Yeah, yeah, I can't I can't relate to that because we I was like I'm a twin, so I was like I always always had someone, so I was like it kind of must be nice to like have a little bit of space for yourself. But um, can I ask you a question about your twin? Yeah, yeah. Like where did you guys get along? Do you have similar interests or did you always? We were like the opposites, but we'd always work together. Like uh, not until probably maybe after high school and college is when we kind of like went our separate ways and we kind of like I found myself because I always kind of felt like I was a shadow because she was more outgoing. I always been the shy one. Uh. And so she was always like the one making more friends and stuff like that. And I was kind of like, oh, it's Cindy and Gabby. It was just like it always was like both of our names. It was never like just Gabby or just Cynthia. It was like both of us. Oh. So it's kind of like I didn't really have an identity. And I share everything too. Yeah, it came like a package. Like anytime yeah. we would get something, is they had to share something. Wow, together. that sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. So it, it was kind of like I formed my own. I was telling her like the other day. I was like, I feel like I formed my own identity probably in college. Finally, when I started making my own friends and like. Because we we did have similarities though we do have like we love music we and love your dancing, face and stuff. And, yeah I mean we're uh, fraternal so we don't oh, look exactly like lucky. so that's a good yeah. thing <laughs> who's a better looking one Be I mean honest. it's subjective they said it was her so but oh. I I that's what and that's the other thing is like I was watching Tia and Tamara uh, Tia I think Tia or Tamara I can't remember the one that talks on that talk show and she was talking about right and she was talking about how <laughs> they would tell her that she was the cute goofy one and then the other one was like the sexy one and that she took that to college and I'm like oh I can relate mm-hmm. to that. Wow. They would always be like, oh, she's a pretty one. And I was just like the tomboyish one or whatever. So that's got to hurt, though. Like, yeah. Well, but see, yeah. but that's the thing. I mean, at least like one of them got cute. One of them got sexy. It's like I can work with that. Yeah. But like, yeah, they would. T- what would they wait? What were they? What were they just like? Oh, and you're the other one. What would they tell you? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, they're really. I don't. Yeah. I can't really think about it. I but I just like... remember they would say she was a pretty one. Uh, that's for sure. Jesus. Yeah. So that obviously, and that's why I was like, now that I've gone to a journey, like to kind of like know myself, I had to like learn how to love myself too, because I think all that you internalize it without wanting to. I think that's true. Yeah. It, it's. I just gotta tell you. So I dealt with something similar. Here's the thing. I'm the darkest person in my family, and we're we're Mexicans. Mm-hmm. And my brother was the whitest person in my whole family. I mean, he's like blonde with blue eyes. So oh, yeah. guess okay. who they preferred? Yeah. yeah. Not only that, because <clears throat> here's the thing. I, I always say this. If, I, if I'm if i out in the sun, if I get too much sun, mm-hmm. um, here's the difference. If my brother gets too much sun, he gets red for three days. If I get too much sun, my parents are disappointed in me for six months. So <laughs> that's like the main, you know, they're those Mexicans. <laughs> oh my God. But but I mentioned this to my parents. It's true. Like yeah. last week. And my mom's like, that's not why your brother was the favorite. And I was like, okay. All right. He was the favorite. Well, because I get it. I was a big pain in the ass. He was good. He did everything right. Yeah. I got kicked out of many schools. So I, you know. I guess it's not so much skin color. It's just so much um, me being a huge pain in the ass. Mm, but okay. but I get it. Like I yeah. I get living in the shadow of somebody. 
Yeah, they're, they say is always the black sheep in the family. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because for years I'm like, our family doesn't but have a black. Oh, oh. Oh, oh, I mean, maybe, maybe it could be skin color because she was like, she's light skin. Yeah, <laughs> she's light skin, and I'm the, I'm the brown she one. Is. She is. Yeah. Ooh, I'm, mm, yeah. Yeah. So it might. So it might be. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah, it is. It is tough. So like, yeah. uh, luckily, I had I grew out of my little shell and I formed my own identity because it is tough. Like, mm, yeah. yeah. Good for you. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you. And that kind of kind of touches on what you were just saying about your parents, um, like the relationship with them, like individually with your dad and your mom, like who are you closer to? Like what's the dynamic now versus how it was before? That's a tough question because <clears throat> growing up, I didn't get along with my dad at all. Mm -hmm. uh, we clashed at every point, um, but I clashed with my mom a lot, too. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I was a very difficult kid and I always blame the world for like my mm -hmm. problems. Like everybody's had to get me. Which <laughs> A dumb thing to say because it's like what do you what what kind of paranoid schizophrenia is that but um it's weird as i've gotten older um and i've chilled out significantly mm -hmm. um i get along better with both my parents and it's weird because we finally have things in common mm -hmm. where we didn't really before mm -hmm. so that's nice you know um but i get along with them very well now but it took years mm -hmm. to get here years do you yeah, think the uh, sorry I was gonna say like do you think that um it like you had resentment towards them that's why you kind of like didn't really get along with them because you know how you say you kind of grew up alone yeah yeah but I resented them for other things you know other yeah. things that I eventually had to accept mm -hmm. were partly if not entirely my fault or responsibility mm -hmm. um, but we clashed a lot you know and uh, like. Sorry, it's right. I don't even know if you can hear this. Uh, yeah, I, we're um, we'll it, it, it does sound for anyone not watching the, the video. It, it it looks like we're broadcasting from a logging camp. But um, no, so my parents like every summer they would send me on a on a trip and they were well, it was a legitimate trip, but they were like, so you can experience the world. But as I got older, I'm like, oh, I got it, it was a pain in the ass and they wanted me out of their hair. But as a result, I got to experience cool places. Yeah. Uh, one summer, I went to Idaho oh, in like like the middle cool. of the, the nowhere. Another summer, I did um, uh, deep Mexico. Uh, one summer, Phoenix. Ugh. But but another summer, uh, New York. So it was like it That's was cool. cool. I got to experience yeah. a lot of different. So it's like a good something like came out of everything else, pretty much, right? Yeah, a it's the silver lining right? of me being a painter. Yeah, because I got to like <laughs> sure. experience yeah. other people and places and cultures, you know. Mm -hmm. So like like this chainsaw takes me back to my time in uh, in Idaho when um you know we would take down trees for the logging industry. And what would you say um your parent what do you your parents think uh, were they supportive like since you started like the everything that you do now um and how has it evolved from like the beginning to now? In the beginning they were supportive because I I wouldn't bother them if I was doing my stuff with the camera. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, yeah, okay, he's making little movies, whatever. But when I got older, um, you know, they really, the idea of going into film seemed ridiculous to look even me, because I was like, it's the real world. I gotta get mm -hmm. a real job. Mm -hmm. So I went to, uh, I went to college and then <clears throat> I found a job in advertising and marketing mm -hmm. and I did that for a couple of years and it was okay. But, um, you know, I, I gotta be honest throughout those years, throughout my twenties, I was mm -hmm. miserable. I hated myself because I wasn't pursuing what I wanted mm -hmm. to do. And I think my parents saw it too. And they didn't really respect the work that I was doing because yeah. I mean, it wasn't really a career. Um, in 08, 
I mm-hmm. when the when the market crashed, I lost oh, yeah. my job. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to school. And the first class I took was mm-hmm. a class um it was a film class. Mm-hmm. Which is what I always wanted to do. And it reignited my passion. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first day of class, my professor said, look, if you're interested, if you're serious about film, mm-hmm. school's great, but you should really just be getting into it. You should do it. Mm-hmm. You should work in film. Because he had a bachelor's in, in film production or whatever. And he goes, you know what? Uh, they have never, ever asked for my degree. Because they don't need it. In the arts, yeah. you, you can either yeah. do it or you can't. Yeah. And so I said, you know what? He's right. So I said, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take every film class I can to learn the trade, and then I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. And when I told my parents that, um, they were they were worried, obviously, because they're like, yeah. well, what, kind of, what kind of life is that going to be? Mm-hmm. But I told them, I said, I would rather fail at film than succeed at anything else. And that was pretty cut and dry. And they said, all right. And so at that point they started to get behind me because they realized that's the only thing I I wanted to do. And I think over the years, little by little, um, as they saw how passionate I was about it, as they saw how much it meant to me, they started getting behind it as well. Um, And then when I actually started finding a little success, they were, I mean, they were happy throughout, but they were glad that I was actually making, seeing um, the fruits of my efforts, you know, seeing it come to something. And uh, I'm glad to say they're very supportive today. Um, I don't know if they'd be as supportive if I hadn't gotten a deal with KPBS yeah. or hadn't gotten, you know, uh, a play on the stage at the Old Globe. Mm-hmm. But I, it, it's nice to be able to show them that, you know what, this is more than just a hobby. Yeah. This is a career that I'm making a go of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's still tough. I My resume is decent, but... They're still, we're all fighting for the same opportunities, you know, and, um, but my parents are, I think overall they support me because they see that I'm, I'm happy. I don't hate myself anymore because I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing what I want. And even if I'm not the most successful, it doesn't matter because I'm fighting for that. And I mean, true to myself. And this is, this is who I am. I've accepted it. They've accepted it. And it's, it's nice, you know? That's cool. And how has that journey been, though, like the creative journey, right? Because you, you talk about how what kind of got you there, which was that, that film class. Uh, but obviously, like, I kind of want the other people to, sh- like, hear the journey because it obviously has its ups and downs and stuff like that. So A ha- lot of downs. Right? <laughs> how has that been and how do you stay motivated, too? Because, like you said, sometimes you don't have gigs, sometimes you do. It's like, you know, how do you kind of keep from you know get your mental health and all that stuff i say antidepressants has yeah. a lot to do with it <laughs> holy it's ugh. there were years when it was like you start everybody starts at the bottom and it's really up to you to claw your way up any way you can um i i was very bold in the beginning i mean i guess i'm pretty bold now but i didn't know anyone in the industry mm-hmm. uh, but i so I went to LA for a while. I was there for about six months and it was a waking nightmare. It was because I started at the bottom there, but everybody's at the bottom there. And it's a, it's very cutthroat. Um, I was working at a lighting house and even there it was just, it was tough to like, people would screw each other over for anything. They had, <laughs> there was a zero sense of community. There was zero sense of, um, uh, I don't know. People didn't collaborate as much as I as I thought they would. So I yeah. came back to San Diego and I was kind of disheartened. And I go, well, maybe I should do something else. But I didn't want to do something else. Yeah. So when I found out that there was a film community in San Diego, I said, great, I got to get in it. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine said, hey, I'm going to um, 
the cinematographer's birthday tonight. You want to come with? I go, yeah, great. I'll, I'll start networking. I'll meet people. Mm-hmm. And at the last minute, he goes, hey, I'm not going. And I go, well, you know what? I'm going to go. And even though I didn't mm-hmm. know anybody, I go, fuck it. So I showed up. <clears throat> There's about 15, 20 people there. Mm-hmm. And the guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, who are you? And I'm like, hey, I'm Jordan. I crashed your party. And he's like, oh, <laughs> cool. Welcome. Let me introduce you to people. So he introduced me to cool. uh, a bunch of people that I still work with today. Uh, Jody Silly with the Film Consortium. Shout out to her. Yeah, she's great. Uh, Luis Martinez. Um, oh, we, yeah. Shout out to, to uh, Big Chief Burrito. Is that, Big Chief yeah. Burrito. I met him that night. Yeah. Um, oh, well. And a bunch of people that I ended up collaborating with and I'm still friends with and I work with. And I very quickly realized that the San Diego film community was very different uh, culturally than L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... It's so small here that first off, everybody pretty much knows each other. Mm-hmm. And what's nice about that is that if there is someone doing something shitty or unsavory, we will quickly find out and we'll quickly boot them from the industry, which is nice, you know, yeah. because I've known a lot of people that come in and try to creep on women or try to take advantage of uh, artists mm-hmm. and word spreads immediately and then they're done. Um, but if it were bigger, there'd be more work. So that's, that's the downside. Yeah. But, um, but I'm grateful for it because this is a great community, uh, full of mostly friendly people and everybody's willing to look film is a collaborative art. Mm-hmm. And most of these, um, film people in San Diego are not only happy to, but eager to, to work with you and collaborate, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a great community and I'm just very happy to have met the people i have and the friends that i've made and um yeah i mean i think i was just at the right place at the right time and i'm i'm grateful for that you know and how did i know you told me off off uh, the screen but like how did you get into the latino film festival like hosting that where did that come about and how long has that journey been okay so this is that one's crazy (laughs) um when i was 15 i uh so i first heard through a friend that there was a latino film festival but back then it was called Cena 98. And I was like, all right, cool. So <laughs> my mom and dad and I and my cousin went and we volunteered mm-hmm. just to be ushers or whatever. And it was amazing. It was every, I mean, it was, I, I said, I, I got to be part of this world. It's incredible. <laughs> and that year I met Edward James Olmos. Oh, wow. And I met Ray Bradbury, who was one of my favorite authors oh, at me the too. time. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Cool. And he was the nicest guy. And so I said this. I said, not only is this the world I want to be in, but mm-hmm. someday I want to screen a film here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was lucky enough to uh, last year finally oh, yeah. screen Congrats. one of my films. Yeah, and it was it was a full circle That's moment cool. for me. But um, the San Diego Latino Film Festival, I've been I've been going for 25 years, maybe more. My math is not great. Many years. I've been going for mm-hmm. many years. Um, and uh, and they're just great people. And last year. Um, I was asked to uh, host some red carpet events and stuff, which was great for me. Um, and I appreciate it because I look, I was going to go anyway, but now it's nice <laughs> to actually speak to people and yeah. sort of do things to sort of help promote themselves. So for me, uh, the San Diego Latino Film Festival has, it, it's just, it's so dear to my heart. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love it. I love it. And that's kind of how I fell into it, you know, going every year, meeting people and, um, and sort of being able to finally be a part of it for me that's huge yeah that's, that's awesome cool. it's like it literally yeah. like flowed so naturally too right i mean it was hard work obviously um and i know that since you do so much and sometimes we tend to forget about ourselves a little bit what is one thing um you do for your mental health to kind of keep yourself like i guess grounded yeah it's a good question uh y- you know what i they 
in film school, they go, look, you say yes to everything. And I did. And and there was years where I had to pay mm -hmm. my dues, so I would be in a lot of garbage. <laughs> but I would overextend myself. And then I was like, God damn. And I didn't have any time for me, and it got to be too much. Mm -hmm. And the stress, I just couldn't handle it. So for me, I do say no to a lot of things that I don't mm -hmm. think uh, fit me or not to sound arrogant or pretentious, but my brand. Yeah. Because yeah. there's certain oh, things that I'm like, yeah. I can't be in this garbage. It sucks. Yeah. Or like, he's <clears throat> <laughs> correct. <laughs> Uh, or, or like sometimes there's certain roles where like they want me to play like a chauvinist and I'm like, I'll play it only if he's not glorified. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, but uh, yeah, for my mental health, I, I do have to watch what I work on mm -hmm. and choose carefully who I associate with. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of there are some negative elements that I just um that I just separate myself from entirely yeah. uh, within the community, you know? Um, like I mentioned, there's a couple bad eggs, and so mm -hmm. I, I don't work with them. And um, and also, I take a lot of me time because, are they sawing now? Is that what that sound is? Are they sawing? Yeah. Uh, is that a handsaw? What year is this? Sorry, okay. Um, and so, I work with a lot of people yeah. and I'll go to events and I'll host events and I'm very good with large groups of people mm -hmm. and I love doing it. I love meeting people. But at the end of the day, I need to go home mm -hmm. and be quiet yeah. and alone. Mm -hmm. And like if I'll do like during the Latino Film Festival, um, I love dealing with crowds. But at the end of the day, I'd have to go home, be quiet, maybe meditate, yeah. maybe play video games for like two hours and just tune mm -hmm. out. Yeah, I needed that for my mental health. Yeah, you know? it can be draining. Yeah, so, like, at least for myself, when I'm around so many people, I need to yeah go home and just be away from everyone, just myself, because it's a lot. Big time, right? It's exhausting. Yeah, it is. I, I can't be on. I dated this girl one time, and she was in the film community, and we started going out. And then she was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like, what? And I realized, I go, no, no, I'm just being myself. I go, oh, you want fun time wacky, Jordan. Cool. I can give you, I can give you me all day or I can give you fun time wacky Jordan for two hours max. And then I got to drop you off because I can't be. Yeah. yeah, you can't be on like the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Yeah. And so, um I don't know. That's that's what that is, you know. Yeah, that's crazy though, because mm -hmm. to think that people sometimes think that that's like your whole persona, but it's like you have to have like a kind of like a persona, like me too. Like I'm really shy. Like we we're talking about before we get on here. Like I'm really like a shy person. So, like me being on a podcast doing this is kind of like outside of my element, but it's like another mm -hmm. per, like not a persona, but I guess it's like another part of you, like another because we have multiple personalities. I think absolutely that we show mm -hmm. to people, right? Like your friends, your family, then your significant other or whatever. So. Um, that I absolutely is, agree. Yeah, and I like what you said about boundaries too, because pretty much that's what it is with mm -hmm. the boundaries of like who you keep around, who you work with. Uh, that's important. Absolutely, and it's funny too because they have that. There's that old saying like, "Oh, show me who you spend time with, and I'll tell you who you are." Yeah, that's bullshit <laughs> because we are multifaceted. <laughs> that's I mean, true. That is true. No, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think yeah. basic that might be true for very basic. Yeah. People, yes. Right, mm -hmm. but like anyone worth knowing is multifaceted yeah. they have different sides mm -hmm. and different types of friends right yeah, absolutely absolutely yeah. and, and and so that but but getting back to kind of what sort of people assuming that you're a type of person mm -hmm. um and i don't know if i should wait for 
this biplane <laughs> going by. To, what is King Kong on the loose? Sorry, what? we have we have a what's, we're on probation. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, who flies a propeller plane these days? Did World War One break out again? What you, get a jet asshole? I'm sorry. I I I just okay. So I would do certain. I did. I had a podcast called "You're Gonna Die Alone." And on oh, the yeah, podcast, <laughs> it was a very cynical podcast. We talk about relationships that didn't work out. But on it, my character was kind of a scumbag, right? <laughs> it was it, it was my more sleazy side, but it was cranked up to 11. So it's not really who I am. Um, Alter ego. <laughs> Alter ego. A little bit, yeah. But some people were like, oh, you're, you're a terrible person. I'm like, the character is, yeah. sure. It's funny. I, I was actually hanging out with a friend last night, mm -hmm. and he goes, when I first started watching your stuff, I was like, this guy sucks. But then he got <laughs> to know me. He's like, never mind. I, I get it now. Mm -hmm. um, but what was odd about that podcast is my character wasn't a chauvinist, but he was uh, he was not a good guy. He's not mm -hmm. the type of guy you would want your sister to date. But women started reaching out to me, and they're like, hey, uh, do you want to go out? I'm like, have you listened to the show? I, the Jordan that you're reaching out to, is a huge piece of crap. I don't understand what the. Yeah. Anyway, but other people are like, well, you're a. I. <laughs> One time, there was a guy that was reaching out to women. He was an actor and he was reaching out to other actresses and he was creeping on all of them. Mm. He was sending them the same message. And, um, and so I called him out and this, this, one woman that he used to date was like, well, you know, you're not a great guy either. And I go, hey, tell me how I'm not a great guy. And she goes, well, so everything that she brought up was things that my character had mentioned oh, on the podcast. Wow. And I'm like, yeah. not only are you wrong, I'm mm -hmm. embarrassed for you for not understanding that that's like a character. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, do people come up to Ted Danson and like, oh, you must know how to make all the drinks. No, stupid. <laughs> I played a bartender on TV. That's not it's just. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is, but it really is confusing to me. Like, okay, I have a series Jordan Hates. And in Jordan Hates, uh, I hate on things. Mm -hmm. But I hate on things that I don't necessarily hate in real life. And that character is is cynical, more so mm -hmm. than I am in real life. And he's also ignorant. He doesn't know what he doesn't know, so mm -hmm. he'll say dumb shit that's <laughs> often wrong. That character's mm -hmm. often wrong. And people freak out at me, like, well, how could you not like Take puppies? Take it too seriously. Yeah, stuff like right. that. Like, oh, you hate pizza? No, oh, yeah. nobody hates pizza. But that's the point. <laughs> or like, it's supposed to be funny. Yeah, <laughs> take a joke. <laughs> I had an I had a couple episodes where I had a friend of mine play the girlfriend character, mm -hmm. and in the episode where we broke up, one guy messaged in. He's like, "How can you break up with her? You're a you're a nerd, and she's hot." And I'm like, "True, but this is not a real relationship." Or like some other girl was like, "You, so a girl lives with you now?" And I'm like, "What? No, it's it's fiction. What do you?" What? <laughs> it's a girl I knew. I I just don't understand. I get it. All my characters are named Jordan. I get it. I'm doing this to myself. But at the same time, like, look, Jordan loves. I'm a, I'm a happy guy. I can be happy. But I'm not all smiles all the time. The Jordan loves host is because he's enthusiastic about stuff. Even yeah. stuff that kind of sucks sometimes. <laughs> and that's okay. But... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I I guess, like you said, we're all multifaceted, mm -hmm. and yeah. um, you know, we we put on different hats, and yeah. sometimes we play different characters, and many times they're based on us, but they're based on exaggerated versions of ourselves. That's yeah. true. It's kind of like I customer like service. We do oh, yeah. customer service, so 
it's you're yes. so different on the phone than when you kind of want to curse them out, but you can't. <laughs> so it's a hundred percent. I worked retail for years, <laughs> and I hate. And you have to be nice. Yeah. The customer always mm -hmm. comes first. But, yep. like, but, yeah. but should he? Yeah. Do they? <laughs> oh, there's, oh. Yeah. It's like so many different hats yeah. we gotta wear. True <laughs> um. And what was it? My turn or is it your turn? Um, okay. You can go if you want. I uh, was, was, was there a specific um, moment when your parents realized that, um, you know, it was like they were, they were proud of you? I know you said that now they're proud of you, but was there like a specific moment that you can think of? I think um, back when I was in school, I did a, I was part of a film festival and my film won second place. And, uh, but I was okay with that. I was very happy with, with the achievement. Mm -hmm. And I think my parents saw how enthusiastic mm -hmm. I was about it. And I think that sort of sold them on, well, this is for him. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that for me was a, was a big moment. And I think, but, but, but they still saw, saw me struggle. <clears throat> so I know that was a bit of an issue. But I think when I got my deal with KPBS, I think that sort of made them I think in a way it legitimized me. It yeah. legitimized me in general, I think, mm -hmm. because people were like, well, this is not just some kid saying dumb shit online. It's a kid that KPBS is standing behind, mm -hmm. allowing him to say dumb shit on TV. <laughs> but I think for my parents, they were like, all right, well, maybe he's making a go of this. He's making yeah. it work. And I know they were very proud of that because my mother... When they used to ask, like, she was like, well, my, you know, my, my other son, blah, 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 he's got a career and he's in college and blah, blah, blah. And then, but with me, she's like, oh, he's, you know, he's, he's fine. He's, he still has all his hair. And I was like, what, why don't you tell him I'm doing films? She's like, porque me da pena. And I'm like, what? But now, now, now she, she does she brag does, about yeah. me. And that's nice because she yeah. finally sees it. it's not a passing fancy. I mean, I'm on TV. How's she not going to, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she can't. Yeah. She can't hide you now. There's no, she has no choice. <laughs> and what would you say is a motivational phrase or saying that your parents may have told you growing up that stuck to you? Oh, man. Well, this case might have been the TV now. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, I can yeah, tell you what all the true. TV characters said that. I really? No, I don't, nothing really. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I. They were very negative about mm. a lot of stuff. So I guess a lot of that stuff stuck to me. Um, but I'm glad I ignored it and, yeah. you know, because yeah. they were frustrated too with their lives mm -hmm. and, and, and everybody is. And, um, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I nothing really stands out to oh. be quite honest. What about for yourself? Like, is there something that you yourself like to motivate yourself? Oh, that's a good a phrase maybe. I'll be very honest. I, uh, a lot <clears throat> of what motivated me in the early days was spite. Yeah, because I was like, I'll show them. I'll show them. Oh, I can relate to that. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. like, you know, a lot of it isn't isn't like, oh, I'll make these people proud. A lot of them is like, I'm going to show them. Yeah. The oh, the, ooh, what now? What now? That's what that was. Uh, I'm shying away from that uh, significantly. <laughs> I'm in a lot of therapy, which has been very good for me. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just every. Mm, I've been to events where I'll introduce myself to people and they'll shrug me off or like no messing cuss. And I'm like, all right, motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> Case in point. I, <laughs> there was one person at a certain event that I'm not going to mention. Um, she works it. And I've tried to introduce myself twice to her and both times completely disinterested. And I go, you know what? I'm going to make you come to me. And I did. And uh, so anyway, uh, as my 
notoriety grew a little bit. Um, she very clearly took notice. And then one evening we were at the uh, Emmys in Palm Springs mm -hmm. and I went up to her partner and I said, hey, congratulations on your Emmy, man. I was rooting for you. And she turns to me, she goes, hey, it's good to see you. I go, oh, it's, it's good to see you. It's real good to see you too. But she came to me and it just annoyed me because I'm like, it's not, you know, it, but that happens with everybody. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, it just annoys me because yeah. I try not to treat that's what I'm saying. Treat everybody yeah. the same. Like it doesn't matter who they are, exactly. yeah, or what title or mm -hmm. whatever it is. Clearly, she saw herself as up here, and I was like, well, yeah. I can't. I hate people like that. Yeah, we can't have this. Yeah, we well, can't we, have yeah. this stand. We talk about that all the time, especially like mm -hmm. us as women. Like sometimes, like we obviously we're like in the hip hop and like yeah. I'm now me in the film community, so it's always like male dominated, of mm -hmm. course. And then being Latina and Browns is like two different things, like being brown, being a woman, all that stuff. But I've had time, and you actually were there one time, and I won't mention names either, where like people just like, you know, handshake and they mm -hmm. pretend you're not even there. I was like, okay. I wonder <laughs> if we're <laughs> talking about the same person, quite honestly. <laughs> But, uh, mine was a guy, but uh, oh, okay. okay, yeah, and I think it happens more with guys. Uh, I feel honestly. like it, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Who and you're I, talking about. yeah, and it's happened too with like in the hip hop scene too. For I remember me when too. I was One starting. Time out. I was doing an event, and oh like, yeah, you were running the stage. It kind of like I mean, they look at me like I'm young, and I'm like, who are, you? what are you doing? And like, he didn't kind of. I think the person didn't think that I was gonna be the one hosting the whole event, and I was like, little did he know. And nice. Yeah, and I think you told it, him to go somewhere or whatever, and he yeah, had, he, didn't and like he asked it. one of our friends instead, like, "Oh, mm -hmm. is this what you want us to do?" She's like, "Yeah, she whatever she, she tells you, you do." Yeah. Wow, I love that. <laughs> but isn't it great how that? Yeah. I was at a early in my career. I was at a film event, and um, I, I tell my friend, "Hey, I don't know this filmmaker. Introduce mm -hmm. me." So the guys, the guy walks up to whatever he's he was getting out of a pool, and um, and I go, "Hey." Um, I'm Jordan, or, or, or no, my friend said, hey, this is Jordan. Mm -hmm. And the guy looks at me and he just turns around. He just walks off and I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> so I said, all right. <laughs> so two or three years in, as I'm starting to get known, mm -hmm. um, he wasn't that likable a guy to begin. We're friends now, but at the beginning he wasn't. But he asked to meet with me and he goes, look, uh, I hear you've been saying some pretty negative things about me. And, and I go, yeah, I don't, we're not, I, I don't. I'll be honest, I don't like you. Mm -hmm. And he goes, why? And I go, do you remember the first time we met? He goes, no. I said, I do. And let me tell you what happened. Mm -hmm. And I did, and he apologized. And and maybe I took it a little too personal. personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like, look, you don't know where people are going to wind up, That's especially true. in this in this yeah. industry. You're, mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Your enemies become your friends. Your friends mm -hmm. become your enemies because everybody's competing for the same jobs. So you never know. So that's if ever there was an incentive to be decent to everybody, mm -hmm. I'd say that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's such a weird, yeah. it's a weird industry. Yeah. Yes, it's friendly, but mm -hmm. there's also some snakes. Let's be honest. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I feel like life it has, like you said, like some your friends become your enemies, yeah, enemies become your friends because like the world just turns. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um. And what has been your most difficult experience this year, and why? Either creatively or personally. Um. Well, I'd say my biggest one was was last year, uh, for sure, because I fell into a weird depression. It was, it's such a, it's such a cliche. I always said I'm never gonna midlife crisis. It's so cliche. But then I did. Yeah. Like weeks after I and leading up to turning forty, I was like, God damn. I was like, I, I only didn't buy a sports car because I didn't have the money. Otherwise, I would have done all the cliche stuff. <laughs> I look, I, I didn't get a mistress because I'm not married. But otherwise, probably. <laughs> 
And like, it was a mess. And because I was forced to look at my life and at 40, I, I didn't have a pot to piss in. And I was like, what have I really accomplished? And I was, I was really, it was my lowest point ever. Mm -hmm. Um, but I said, you know what? I can't. And also things were coming to an end with KPBS. I was really on the outs with them because of my doing, I was in a very self-destructive place. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was given a wake up call. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for it because it forced me to to get into therapy and really get some perspective mm -hmm. on things. And I've I would say I've been in therapy for almost a year now nice. and it's changed everything okay. for me. Um, it's given me a new perspective. Mm -hmm. It's given me a new drive. It's given me. Uh, I was able to really put some goals out and I've been little by little meeting those goals and I feel mm -hmm. good about that. And most importantly. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. I didn't mean to add to all the loudness out here, but here we are. Most importantly is this. Um, part of my depression was because I I thought I'd be making films by now. Like, not short films, but a feature. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, um, I, I was given the opportunity to finally write and direct my first feature film, which I'm currently working on. And so I feel good about it. I've had to sort of put that on hold for a couple months, mm -hmm. but we are getting back to it, I hope. Um, it's, I, yeah, you, brought, the, you brought all the noise with you today. Yeah, but at least the view is nice. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, <laughs> sorry, but I at least I feel like I'm on the right track. If I'm able to finish this film and do it well, I feel like it could lead to good things. And if it doesn't, then I'll just make new goals and I'll meet those. Um, I just I feel like a douche because I didn't. Uh, I, I I thought it was above a midlife crisis hitting me. And then it did. And I was like, ugh, what a cliche ass. <laughs> I just, ugh. But you know what happens? Not to everybody, but it happened to me. And I'm better for it. Honestly, I'm glad it happened mm -hmm. because it wouldn't have forced me to go into therapy and sort of yeah. reevaluate my life. I When I started doing Jordan Hates, I did it mm -hmm. because I was angry and cynical. I'm less angry. I'm still as cynical, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I want to do different things, you know? Like... Uh, I don't know, be on a porch that doesn't sound like a plane's about to land on it. Do you guys hear that too? <laughs> Holy Jesus. <laughs> That's cool though, that you said that though about the whole midlife crisis, like being cliche, but it is true because I had mine a little bit younger. Maybe I'll have another one later on. <laughs> well, you know, quarter life crisis is a thing now. Right? Yeah, I had my, yeah, we're on maybe 26, 27, I think. And same thing, like I think it's a, it's a good thing that it happened because like you said, it makes you realize like what's important, like what are you even doing with your life type of thing? Because for me, it was like a wake up call because um, I was just like, same thing. I was just kind of was in a depression too. I was working this like job in criminal justice that was just totally draining me. And I was, I always been creative. So I would write music, poetry, stuff like that. I wasn't even doing that anymore. So I was like, okay, something's wrong. Like I need to get the fuck out of here. And so that's what kind of changed. And then it kind of led to the creative path. Like it's like, uh, I was talking to another friend we were talking about how for some reason i don't know if i believe in destiny or anything but so far i kind of do just because i feel like no matter what it, i still ended up in this path that i kind of went against right and I, and you feel better when you're like not pushing against the grain like it was more painful when i think i was trying to push against it and going through all that stuff i don't know if it's the same for you 100 <clears throat> percent. so here's here's something that changed my life big time um have you ever read the book the alchemist i've i've read parts of it yeah, but yeah i haven't yeah. read the whole thing yeah. it's it changed my life because so there's a quote in the alchemist that says um i'm paraphrasing and i'm gonna butcher it terribly but <laughs> when someone has a dream in their heart 
the entire universe conspires to oh, help yeah. them achieve it. Yeah. And that is kind of yeah. true. Like, why would, let's say, God or the universe or whatever mm-hmm. give you a longing to do something mm-hmm. and then deny you that? Yeah. It's not going to be true. easy. Exactly. But as long as, and I've always felt this, as long as I'm pushing toward that goal, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many almost mystical things have happened yeah. and fallen on my lap that I'm like, what yeah. is this? And it almost almost seems like a sign. Mm-hmm. Now there's 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 been setbacks and there's mm-hmm. been roadblocks, but I got to be honest, I can't point to a lot of setbacks and roadblocks that haven't helped strengthen my resolve mm-hmm. and allowed me to learn something from. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I really think it, it is. I know this sounds cliche too. It's the journey, not the destination. But the fact no, that matters, it's, it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If we saw Lord of the King, uh, Lord of the Rings, right? And we just went to them, mm-hmm. like to that half an hour goddamn ending, you'd be like, what happened? Yeah. But the part that we watch for is the, the journey. endless journey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I skipped two because Jesus, <laughs> what are you doing? With that? And then the, the tree. I, mm. <laughs> It's like two hours. <laughs> yeah, but the point is, like, it is the journey. It's fun. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like Star Wars. It's fun yeah. because they're fighting the Empire. If if the Empire fell after the end of the first mm-hmm. movie, who would care? That's true. That's true. So, no. Yeah, and no, I I agree. And actually, like, um, shout out to Russ, oh, the yeah, rapper, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He has an album that it got inspired by that book. The book. Yeah. And you should check really? it. Lord of the Rings. No, by the Alchemist. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah I gotta listen. It's yeah, called Santiago. It's really good. Santiago and the artist is Russ, so check it out. Wow. You'll it's like, like it. pretty much he digs into like his childhood trauma and everything else pretty much leading his journey pretty much of everything that he's gone through as like an artist. That's amazing. Yeah. But it's so true because it all shapes us. Mm-hmm. It all makes us who we are. Yep. Um, I would say even the bad stuff, but I think it would be more accurate to say especially the bad stuff. Yeah. You know? That's no, true because it gives you the strength. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who has any... Look, let's be honest. You look at like comedians... Or creatives, and they have a lot of problems. I've never met a comedian that wasn't pretty much insane. Um, but that's because that's what drives yeah. people like that. You know what I mean? Like Ray yeah. Romano once said, he goes, had my father given me a single hug, I wouldn't be here today. Which is dark, but, but it but, just is what yeah. it is. You know? Yeah, or even like we talk, I talk about like the rich people, right? Like I, I'm glad I wasn't rich and given everything because then you, yeah. if you don't know the struggle, you don't appreciate mm-hmm. it. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, so I'm glad I'm not rich. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm okay with being rich now, but <laughs> <laughs> same, right? Same. I'll take yeah. the money now. Yeah, <laughs> immediately. Oh, good. And then a question that we always like to ask here is, when was the last time you cried and why? If you would like to share why. Um. I I teared up yesterday. Um, I have a friend, I have a good friend who who bakes, and uh, he bakes usually around the fall. And he calls me up and he gives me all these cookies and all these breads, and I love it. He's an amazing baker. And yesterday he told me he goes, you know, you're the first person I call. And I go, why? And he goes, because he says I don't bake for myself. Uh, my mother passed away. Most of my family's you know on the other side of the country. So when I bake, mm-hmm. I do it knowing that someone is going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because when he gives it to me, I share it. I take it to my family's house. And I take yeah. it to all my friends who who I think would enjoy mm-hmm. because I love to share. Yeah. And he teared up and I teared up because I was like, that is such a nice thing to say. And, and it really strengthened my sense of community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, I don't. Some people talk about giving back to the community because it's the thing to talk about. It's the thing they say and they think that that's mm-hmm. what they want to hear, what people want to hear. But for me, I legitimately care about 
my friends and my family and the people around me. So for me, I don't know. It it I, I teared up because it was it was such a sweet moment mm-hmm. and it was such a nice thing that he did, you know. And yeah, I, it really touched me. You know? Shout out to your friend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's a funny or memorable memory you have with your parents? Uh, <clears throat> so my father is great, but he <laughs> is also. Not so much anymore. He was really cheap, really cheap. <laughs> and when I was a kid, we used to take these road trips because he was a he was in sales, and um, <clears throat> he would he would take me to great places. One time we went to the Monterey Bay Aquarium, which is amazing. Oh, it was one nice. of the best in the world. Yeah. Um, and we'd see a lot of like tourist attractions, incredible. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we wouldn't. Like one time, he's like, "I'm gonna take you to the Winchester Mystery House," and then we didn't. And I was like, "What? What happened? I was <laughs> I want to see the." I want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Or like the, he did the same thing with like, until when I was older, I found out that the reason we were able to see such cool places was because he was sneaking us in because he goes, oh, I'm a salesman. Let me talk to the manager at the gift shop. So we'd go into the gift shop, give him his card, and then we just see the whole thing. He would just, he, we, we just, they just usher us in. And I didn't realize that that cheap bastard was using, <laughs> I mean, it was a legitimate sales trip and he could write it off, yeah. but like he wasn't paying for us to go to the Monterey Bay Aquarium. So we'd see the whole thing all day. Um, and so the reason we didn't get to see the Winchester Mystery House was because they didn't have a goddamn gift shop, you know? So so that plan went out the window. But he would never say, like, I just don't want to yeah. pay for you. To... But but one time, he, my brother and I were in the Central Coast, and all I wanted to do was see Hearst Castle. I was like, yeah, we're going to oh, see yeah. Hearst Castle. So we get to Hearst Castle. He finds out that the gift shop is at the base. And once you buy tickets, then the bus takes you up to Hearst Castle. So he couldn't sneak in. So he goes, all right, uh, you want to see Hearst Castle here? So he puts a goddamn quarter in the observation thing, right? <laughs> and the quarter gives you a minute. So so I'm, I'm, I go, this is this? This is our trip to Hearst Castle? So I'm, I'm looking at it through the goddamn thing, getting it focused. And 30 seconds in, he goes, all right, it's your brother's turn. I go, we don't even get an individual quarter, you cheap fuck. I, oh, I was so pissed. 30 seconds. Yeah, but but I appreciate what he was trying to do. Yeah. It's a thought that counts. Yeah, and right. I get that we got to see a lot of yeah. stuff. And, and to be honest, I can't right. blame him because I sneak into a lot of stuff today. Um, and a couple of years back, I snuck into the Emmys. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was huge because it's like one of the gold standards of sneaking into places. Um, but this last year, I actually had a ticket to the Emmys. Mm-hmm. Which was nice, but not as satisfying as sneaking in. And so for me, you know what I mean? I'm like, like, oh, I, I had like a legitimate dinner and I didn't have to like sneak a dinner. And I'm like, what is this? it? I, it somehow didn't taste as delicious knowing that it was legit, I guess. Yeah. So so I get it. I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. And what is one heartful truth about yourself that you might not like to hear, but you are aware of? I think the fact that I'm driven by spite a lot and and I'm telling you, I'm in therapy. It's a thing that I'm trying to work through, but most of the major things that I've accomplished, I've accomplished. Like I said, with the idea of like, wait till they see what I did now. I think you, that's what I'm saying. I think you would like that album because he's in one of the lines that he says, he's like, I proved it to me and I proved it. It's proved it to myself. Yeah. How does he say? Yeah, something like that. Pretty much about seeking validation. Kind of like for yourself. It's kind of really coming from yourself, not from others. But it's hard. It's still really hard to. Big time. No, it's big time. And and you know, I think any decent artist Mm -hmm. or performer has doubts about themselves, Mm -hmm. and they're always trying to better themselves. I, 
I've known a lot of mediocre people that were so sure of themselves, <laughs> and it's mind-boggling because I, I also know a lot of insanely talented people mm-hmm. that don't do anything because they just don't think they can or they yeah. don't have it in them, and it's insane. Yeah. Like, I, I just wish I could transfer... You know the yeah. the, but I'm but I'm the same way. You know, I can't tell you how many people are like, I'm gonna make a movie. It's like you, why? What are you doing? I've seen you write. I've seen you act. Don't don't just <laughs> find a hobby. Do something else. Take up crochet. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. You're not gonna hurt anybody. You know, maybe the sweater you make will be lopsided and awful, but <laughs> you won't subject me to an hour and a half of your goddamn horrible film. Meanwhile, there's some people who are amazing actors, amazing writers. But they're scared. Yeah, yeah and they yeah, go, well, you know. True. But I was the same way, and yeah. that's why I wasted 10 years of my life. I wouldn't say wasted, but for 10 years of my life, I didn't do it because I thought uh, I wouldn't be able to, and I wouldn't be good enough. But yeah. it, was, it wasn't until I decided it doesn't matter if I'm good enough mm-hmm. or not. I'm going to pursue what I need to, yeah. exactly. that I found um, my ability to do it. And I'll be honest, in the beginning, my stuff wasn't solid. I'm still not sure that my stuff is solid, but it certainly wasn't at the beginning. But I grew because I was able to take um, advice mm-hmm, and I was yeah. able to be objective about my work. People would come up to me and go, look, your sound sucks. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. So I learned how to do sound and my sound got better. Or they would go, look, your writing is really on the nose. And I go, okay. So I learned my trade and I got better at it. And, uh, you know, I mean, we, we grow every day. And, and as long mm-hmm. as you're... Don't be too sure of yourself, I guess, because how else are you going to yeah, learn and grow? But yeah. I don't know. Go into it boldly, and uh, but but with an open mind, mm-hmm. knowing that you can always improve, and f- and trying to find out how you can. You know, yeah. that's true. And yeah, and talking about like you said, like knowing talented people, because I can relate to that. Like I don't know if you, my, one of my favorite films is A Bronx Tale. So like my favorite quote is like the saddest thing in life is wasted talent, mm-hmm. which and I think that's what uh, or wasted potential. Just like that's why I kind of like same same thing. Like I was like I'm just gonna go for it. I don't know how to do any of this stuff, but I'm, I'll teach myself. Because mm-hmm. if you don't try it, you're not gonna know if you're gonna succeed or not, right? So 100. Yeah. percent But I gotta tell you, you are doing it right because. <clears throat> The thing that I see you doing is pretty much the thing that I typically, when they ask me to speak to like people that are coming up in the industry mm-hmm. or like kids that are learning film, I tell them, I go, two things. A, be pleasant. Don't be an asshole mm-hmm. because I, I know so many insanely talented people that I would never work with again because they're jerks. Yeah. But more importantly, be there. Mm-hmm. Put yourself where it is. You know what I mean? Like if, if you know some filmmakers and one of them goes, hey, I got a stomachache, go with them to Long's to buy Pepto-Bismol. Be there, uh, know people, experience things, um, and be at the right place at the right time. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. you know, because a yeah. lot of a lot of me getting together with KPBS was knowing the right people and being at the right place at the right time. Um, you know, a lot of it, you can have all the talent you want, but that's true. But mm-hmm. the opportunities sometimes don't come unless you put yourself in front of it. Yeah, and and a lot of it has been luck. A lot of it is. Uh, a lot of the opportunities that I've gotten has been through the generosity and the magnanimousness of uh, other people in the industry that have that have helped me out because nobody does it on their own. Oh, yeah. But that's the other thing. Don't be shitty because I know guys are like, well, I'm going to do it on my own terms. No, you're not. Nobody. That's not how it works. Yeah. You have to you be, eventually have to work with people. Yeah. yeah. Especially in film. It's collaborative. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. so, yeah. And, and well, you're so- doing it right. Just real quick. You're doing it right Thank because you. I see you at I see you at. Uh, at events and you're volunteering to do stuff but also you're pleasant and fun to hang out with so thank you 
you know, good for you. Keep it up. Yeah, and that's what we talk about too about like um, hard work uh, beats talent too, right? Because you can be talent all you want too. Like you said, all these people that we know a lot of talented people too that are not pursuing what they're supposed to, and it's like it's kind of sad to see like that they're wasting their potential. But hundred percent, and the opposite yeah. is true because look at how many mediocre people you see. Yeah, that's I'm true. saying in like positions of power, and you're yeah. like, how is this yeah. person hosting this? What is? How did this guy get a film under his belt? He sucks. Yeah. So Seriously. it's. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, thank you again for being here. And to end it here, we usually try to end it with um, this question. Like, the, obviously, the show is called The Heartful Truth. Sorry, are those wind chimes? Boy, yeah. what, a, yeah. what a studio you Yeah. You... <laughs> this is all sound effects. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we like to end it with, the, with what do you think of uh, the phrase, The Heartful Truth, when you hear Because obviously, that's the name of the podcast. Uh, what does it mean to you when you hear that that phrase? The heartfelt truth? The heartful truth. Heartful truth. Is it a word you made up? Because I don't think I've ever heard heartful before. No, we, we made it up. Yeah, oh, you did make it yeah, up. Yeah, and that's why we like, nice. kind of want to ask people, yeah. like, what do you guys think about we thought like, of, like, your own perspective? Like, kind of. Oh, you're. Sorry. You might go on for a second. The heartful truth? Uh-huh. So we kind of did a twist to it. The heartful truth. I kind of like it. It's almost like, okay, here's what I think. <laughs> Okay, because the hurtful truth is like somebody coming up to me, like that guy, he's like, your sound sucks. It hurt, Mm -hmm. but he didn't do it to be an asshole. He did it to help me. Mm -hmm. And had I taken it personal, my sound would still suck. But he did it, he he did it with heart. Mm -hmm. And I took it that way, and I'm grateful to him for saying that because I'm like, yes, thank you. It was something that wasn't easy to hear, but it was something I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, I took it the right way. Because a lot of people don't. Yeah. You know, you go, hey, look, your writing needs a little work. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Never mind. Your writing's great. Congratulations. Because they're not going to change. So what's the point yeah. in telling? Yeah. But I am always open to constructive criticism um, for the most part. And so I think, I think, I think that pretty much, you know, nails it. Sort of the constructive criticism thing. Yeah, that's pretty much that's what it is. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, like you said, it doesn't come from like a harmful place. Yeah. So we're like, why is it the heart, the hurtful the truth? truth? If you, yeah. at least, usually people, unless somebody's malicious, then that's yeah. A different, different and I've gotten <laughs> right. a lot of yeah. it, but I'll show those sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like you said, there's some people that really try to do it like for yeah. to be, the betterment of yourself because they want to see you better yourself. Mm-hmm. So because we've had that where like we had heart to hearts with people and they're like, you can be doing this, and I was like, okay, yeah, you know yeah. what, it like hurts. A wake up call, pretty much. Yeah, but it's like it's true. <laughs> yeah. So man, we thank you. At, uh, Honestly, it started raining now. Like we had, wow. We, had, wow. we didn't plan this, okay? <laughs> what a day. We run, we what run a the, place. We run the weather. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Look, I... Yeah. I we, re- we did a rain dance before. <laughs> I get why you do it out here, because it's a beautiful view. Yeah. Um... But Jesus Christ, it, the wind is picking up. It's raining. It's this might be the last one. In the yeah, we both porch. Have, this is our second time doing it here, but I think this might be the last one. And it always rains, huh? Yeah, it's it always, always rains. rains. Really? Yeah. The last one rained too. Yeah. The city of San Diego should hire you to do podcasts whenever we're in a drought. Because <laughs> what a place. This, is, this will be the promo for that. Yeah. I got to tell you this, though. It has been fun doing it out here because I just I can't wait to hear what's next. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we should go before I know. thunder and lightning <laughs> breaks out or explosions. <laughs> oh my uh, but you want to get us out of here? And Yeah, thank you so much for being here. And thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate it. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah.
Yeah, no, thank you for telling your story. It's uh, it's really like inspiring to hear yeah. that. And I was, it's been great like meeting you too and getting to know you. And hopefully we do more, you know, same more here, stuff definitely. Together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Can I give a quick plug? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I, um, I do Jordan Hates on Instagram and Facebook and some stuff on YouTube. And then it's Jordan Loves on Instagram, Facebook, and also kpbs.com. So, uh, Check it out. Um, if you like it, great. Give me a subscribe, please. If you don't like it, leave me a mean comment. Because I don't <laughs> mind hate mail. I think it's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, follow him, and then we'll add all that in the yes. description, too, so they can click the links. Appreciate it. Um, and thank you guys again. Thank you. Alrighty. Peace. Peace.